John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. Troy gets third spot on this uh, intro. And gang, we are halfway through winter, so we've still got another six weeks of winter. Um, I know that as this podcast is coming to you, there's probably about 20% of the industry, I would say, across Australia that have decided to take a bit of a vacation, have a bit of a break. Um, and I got a great... Where, who sent it to me? It was Mark Weisel from uh, CBRE, and he sent out uh, an email to his whole team. He's a great operator. This guy here is one of uh, the top operators of real estate in Australia, Mark Weisel. The residential commercial project. Uh, c- c- uh, let's call it uh, development sites, residential project okay. marketing. Because uh, we had uh, Nick. Nick Heaton. Nick Heaton. You know, same, they work for the same firm. Yeah. Yeah. And he said... Whilst most of the competitors are away now holidaying in Europe, I want to remind you that there are people that are here in Australia that are keen to be doing business. Mm. Um, Take advantage of this opportunity. Um, But John and Troy, this podcast, we're going to cover, there's there's two main um, headings that we're going to cover. Um, But I was fascinated before we came on air, Troy, you're talking about a coaching session that you did with an agent, which it sounded like the person had just got into real estate, but it ends up he's been in real estate for 15 years. Yeah. So ex- just give us the background and context. Yeah, somewhat even longer. I had a coaching session this week with an internal coaching session with one of our, I guess, our best agents that I've come across. He actually started in our business working um, as yeah as the well as the trainee way yeah. way way back as a 14, 15 year old kind of learning the ropes, doing work experience, and then was, was working Braden, out of, we can say who it is. Yeah, Braden Walters, um, that worked out of our Newtown office for a number of years and was phenomenally successful. He decided that he wanted to make a lifestyle change with a young family, and he has moved to the Northern Rivers area of New South Wales. Yeah. So in between Ballina and Byron Bay, there's a little place called Lennox and the Surrounds, and he's actually moved there. So with he actually family. does Lennox heads? Yeah, right. he's actually moved there, and he's, uh, he's set up an amazing business. And he was saying that... Um, over the past six months, he's managed to create phenomenal momentum. And I guess the break for him was that he went into that market with no preconceived ideas of what real estate should look like in that market. And the reason why he did that was he wanted to have a bit of new business energy. So some of the activities, and I guess we're going to cover them off in a second, but he's, he's managed to build a, a substantial business and, and he's actually having a fantastic life. He's uh, there enjoying life with his family. He's maintained and retained his position within the McGraw organisation, not only from a sales point of view, but staying within our brand, which I think is such a great and wonderful so asset. So he was in have. this office, right? Where we're sitting, we're in Newtown today. Yeah. He was in this office, and, and, and I think a very bold and courageous decision. He and Andrea, his lovely wife who works with him, and they decided that they kind of, like a lot of people, found the, the, the city life, you know, to raise a family was becoming pretty hectic. So um, they, they scoured the, the nation and they found the Northern Rivers was a place they wanted to live. And fortunately for us, we have a great team up there, um, the Mills team that, uh, that run the Northern Rivers business there, David Mills, you know very well. Yeah. And he contacted David, went up, loved the area, and long story short, he's, he's now working there. And I think, Troy, what I got out of your interview, which I'd love our listeners just to have a think about it. <clears throat> so Braden, yes, he was experienced, fair enough. In fact, he was very successful here, not just experienced. But he started in a new area where he had zero network. Didn't know anyone. Knew no one except the people who worked in his office. He um, brand new, so he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the area, didn't know values, didn't know anything about it. And yet I think he's up to, we looked at about 15% market share mm-hmm. after six months. 
So it's great that Pete Chauncey's got 83% market share after a decade, but like 15% market share after six months is a pretty tremendous outcome. And it just made me think, Troy, that, you know, the things, and I want you to tell us in a second what are some of the things that you recall from the interview that he did, but just, you can you can have startup energy. So why is he successful up there? Number one is he's highly talented, there's no doubt. But number two, when you enter a new market, Troy, either new to the industry or new to a market, if you do make a lifestyle shift, you bring this energy and enthusiasm that the market finds very attractive. When you've been in the market for 10 years or five years or sometimes three years, you often kind of settle into a pattern and you've got the routine, the same old, same old, and, and, the, and your energy reflects that. So what I'm saying to everyone listening here is do what Braden and Andrea did, even if you're not moving market, bring to your market tomorrow and you know we've just sort of ticked over the fun new financial year so it's kind of a nice time to be resetting your energy calibration bring the energy and passion as though you were starting for afresh and also so the one is an energetic component Troy, yeah. which i assume and i know braden's got great energy but the second one is activities what would you do if you know if you've been working in um caulfield uh, you know for the last 10 years what would what could you do as if you were a brand new startup in that area? Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that he shared with you, Troy? What are the activities that he undertook? So he said, you know, he went up with the idea that it wasn't going to be instant success. So he wasn't hoping for instant gratification of getting listings within the first week. He knew it was a bit of a longer game. He went there first and just researched the market. He wanted to know who who, who his competitors were what they were doing, how they were doing it, where they were really strong and where there was opportunity to really leverage what brand, uh, Braden's brand was all about. So we researched and then he researched deeper, just on market stats, just really getting into the nitty gritty of what's been happening, what's the clearance rate, all that kind of interesting stuff. He then decided that he was gonna double down on marketing. And I know we spoke about that last week. He knew that there was 120,000 people that went through um, the, the Ballinabaran um, airport so he bought the banners there wow. and the carousels because yeah. he wanted every single person that was coming in and out. And there's a lot of fly-in, fly-out residents that actually travel for work and are still living in the coastal areas of Ballinabar. So it sounds like he was making himself look like the market leader even when he was starting yeah. up. Yeah, correct. So, and then he was also doing you know, market saturation activities, bus stops, DLs, uh, information, market reviews. All the kind of activities that we I hope he used Photoshop do. on those. Bat- <laughs> no, yeah. He's got a great head for podcasts from Braden, but... Uh, <laughs> Or I hope he put Andrea's face up there or something. It would have scared off all the community. He will be listening to this, so Braden, I just want you to know I did not say that. He then also decided that he really wanted to know their people, the local people in the market. So he started doing 60 to 70 key calls per day, right? And he kept himself really accountable to that. So this is nothing out of the box. This is nothing unique. Every single property that he was doing, every single market place review that he was doing was video as well. So he was using all the technology and everything that was available to him that was relatively easy to achieve. But to him, speed and urgency were the two key factors that really got him in momentum. It was fresh. This is, Troy, this is extremely exciting because I think that you don't have to be going over to another part of Australia doing a sea change to actually get a big learning out of this. This is essentially saying that you can actually become an attraction agent in the fraction of the time it used to take decades ago because of the technology, video, new branding. And I, and I know for a fact, but I'm sure he covered it in the interview because when I went there two weeks ago, I asked the News Corp team, who is the dominant 
dominant attraction agent. And when they said to me, Braden Walters, I thought to myself, how's that possible when I actually, I mean, I know who he is. I knew he'd moved there. And um, I said, I actually know him because he comes from an area that um, I'm familiar with in Sydney. And they said, he's everywhere. So it's not just vendor advertising. He appears to have actually marketed himself um, using his own money, which is a, is is another key learning. In if 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 you don't if you don't invest in yourself, that's like not buying shares in yourself. Yeah, right? correct. So invested ahead of the curve. He was prepared to, to back himself. Yeah, it's funny, Troy, and I won't go into too much detail on it because it's 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 just happening at the moment and being signed up. But another guy just started with us from another part of the world. Um, so brand new to Australia, yep. not new to real estate, experienced in real estate, brand new to Australia, brand new to Sydney, um, came on board. We had a database which was about 2,000 people. These were from clients that hadn't had an agent allocated. So it could be an agent had left in years gone by and whatever, and gave him. So he rang. Now, he didn't get all 2,000, but he, he rang all 2,000, and let's assume he got a third of them, whatever. He got in 10 doors so far and has listed an $8 million property yeah. off the back of new startup energy. Yeah. I just thought of this as you talk about Braden. So again, brand new market, brand new person. So no excuses about, oh, I don't know the area. It's yeah. gonna... He just went in there, he made the calls, and he said, I'd love to come and meet with you. You know, Got any real estate needs? I'm fresh to the market. I'm excited about joining McGrath, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was that was a really great reinforcement. The, the other thing that comes from that, Troy, is... And this was not the case with Braden, but it's still a relevant moral to the story because Braden was highly successful here in Newtown. But there are some agents that have talent that perhaps are in the wrong market for whatever reason. They're just not connecting with the market. The chemistry is not right. You know, I say to people, often people come for a job fresh into the industry with us and they say, well, I want to work at Double Bay. And I say, well, Double Bay is a wonderful area. It's got some of the great agents. But why would you want to start there? Because I've got to tell you, you've probably got five of the top ten agents in Australia in that that market. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so sometimes, and I think Braden has shown there, how you can sometimes transplant around markets and and get immediate success because it's either a better fit or perhaps, you know, your level of talent and sophistication, you know, in one market it might be highly competitive. In another market you'll be the dominant player. So I'm not saying blame the market because we're all very careful on this podcast to take responsibility and, and... you know, for, for yourself and not blame any excuses. But there might be, for some people listening, there might be an opportunity to take this case study and contemplate, is, is shifting a market something that could be for you? Mm. Um, and But more importantly, for the vast majority, 99% of our listeners, can you act like the new agent in town without moving from one market to the next? Yeah. yeah. And so, we do get a... I think a lot of agents do get in a rhythm of... That's the way it's always been done. With Braden going to a new area, I would, I don't know because I didn't ask him this question, but I would assume that there'd be um, a lot of people and agencies that have been in the area for a long time and were very well established and somewhat mature in their approach of the way they always did things, like we all see around different markets throughout Australia. When someone new, new comes in, they do something different because there's no preconceived idea of what the way things should be done. Mm-hmm. So getting a contract with someone within an hour instead of 24 hours or two days, yeah. that might be a substantial difference and yeah. that would change the energy, energy around buyers and vendors' view of that individual. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for Braden, but I would assume that some areas, 
um, they're quite dominant in certain things. So what would that look like if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do today in your market to create that energy? And this is, Troy, very well said. And I think this is not a case of pointing fingers and saying, have you become complacent? Because what I know, even in my own life, I sometimes think to myself, I used to do that in a different way. I used to do it better. I think, John, complacency can creep in when you are going through the motions year in, year out. And as uh, Madeline once asked me, she said, Daddy, did houses look nicer to you when you first started in real estate? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, in that first kitchen you actually saw, John, when you're in real estate, you got the buzz, I'm in a (laughs) negotiator, right? And after a while, like I get it, if you've done a thousand listing presentations, you can fall into the trap and saying, it's another kitchen. Oh, here's the vendor. They're saying, oh, they're not in a hurry to sell. You can actually get into the process yeah. where you think to yourself, I'm going on autopilot. I'm not. Every, yeah. every listing's got to be like your first one. Well, how often do we go into a listing presentation because we do so many of them and you just get into the normal spiel about this is what we do and how we do it without actually stopping and asking the vendor, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, what are you most looking for in your agent? How can yeah. I help you? How can I serve you? Process, Troy. You said it last yeah. week. You you have to have a process for outstanding performance and you have to stick to it most of the time. Bring, brings me to another thing that in my coaching over the last fortnight, I've been coming across, as we spoke about last week, there's definitely people that have got stock that's been sitting on the shelf longer than it did a year ago. And I'll sometimes drill into it and I'll, I'll get there profile page up and I look at their listings I'll say okay let me take me through a few of these what's the backstory and when did you list this one did you auction it private treaty how come there's no price on it or whatever so one of the things I hear words the effect Tom they say oh John that one I've tried everything and I'll say to them is that true they say oh yeah John I've tried everything to sell this you know I'm doing everything and I said okay let's just go through and off the top of my head so I noticed on the website there's no price Realestate.com says 54% of people pass by properties with no price. Why would you be sitting there with no price on it? Number one. Number two is I notice it's inspection by appointment. Why aren't you opening it this Saturday? Did you open it last Saturday? Um, Open house inspections will give you tenfold the chance that you're going to have someone that comes to it as opposed to someone that has to ring you and set up a time and then go and see it. Then I'll say, you know, on realestate.com, it's no longer a featured premium listing. Why don't you invest or why don't you get the client to reinvest? Because if it's not on page one on realestate.com or page two, the likelihood that someone sees it's very low. So you need to get yourself back shuffle. And and I'll say, you know, tell me, has everyone in the office, every agent, have they taken buyers through it? In fact, before that, has every agent in the office seen it? In which case, often the answer is, oh, no, a couple of them have, a few of them haven't get every agent through. Have you rung up the local press, News Limited Press, and said, look, you know, I've got this really interesting property. Any chance you're looking for a story? It's got a bit of an interesting history to it. Get some PR, editorial. Cost you nothing except the effort to actually do it if they're kind enough to run a story on it. So by the time I finish that conversation, I can see their face dropping each time I ask them something, and they're thinking, shit, haven't done that. No, haven't done that after. Yeah, could have done that, haven't done that. I say to people, you know, why didn't you send me an email? I can get this on the home page of our website. We know historically that the traffic increases to one of our listings by 10 times if it's featured on the home page, as opposed to someone's got to dig in and find it. And I said, you, I've checked my email inbox. You haven't asked me, can I? I can't guarantee I will, but I can't do it for every listing, but I might have done it for yours. 
So when you look at it, so I guess what I'm saying is, back to Troy's concept around process, you must have a process to evaluate every listing you've got and all of those things that I've just mentioned, but you could double, triple that list. What are the things that you can be doing to get every property um, sold right now? Because most people that say they've done everything probably haven't done a quarter of the things they could have done. So just a reality check, Troy, for people. Kind of shake them up and say, come on, look at your listings, look at each one in isolation and say, what can I be doing today to move this closer to a sale? Is it pick up the phone and say to the vendor, Troy, can I come over and see you after work? I just want to have a chat about where the property is at, what the feedback we've been getting, what the mark, where the market's at, and what I recommend we might want to do to get your property sold. By the way, would you mind if I open it this Saturday? Or in fact, I've, I can't do it this Saturday, but I'd love to have it open. So one of my colleagues in the office, Troy Malcolm, would love the opportunity to open it on Saturday. Is that okay? Yeah. If you've got no budget, put the open time on realestate.com.au, put a flag out the front, put a sandwich board on the corner, and sit there at the property for an hour, and you're going to find someone that wants to talk to you or might even want to buy the property on Saturday. Yeah. But leaving it closed without a price on the website, without it being opened, um, all these sort of things... So the agents are the architects often of the non-sale. Mm. So you take responsibility and do something to get every one of your listings every day. I'd, I used to look at my listing, well, it wasn't on an iPad in those days, but it was a little little brown folder. And I'd go through <laughs> each and every one of them and I'd say, yeah, what can I do with this property today? Where is it at? No offers. What can we do? And, and I'd literally think about what activity, what energy, what phone calls could I do with this property today to shift it closer to a sale. So just for everyone out there listening, you haven't done everything to sell every one of your listings. There's plenty more to do, go and do it, and you'll find the market that you thought before this activity was tough is actually not tough. Mm. You're making it tougher than it needs to be. I think also, John, uh, you mentioned many years ago, and it's something that stuck with me, you would actually be an advocate of inviting um, somewhat competing agents through as well to say if there's an opportunity for you to introduce a buyer, I'm happy to... Every agent in Australia can get a 50% conjunction on any one of my properties at any point in time. An hour before the auction, I don't care. I want to, so you're right, you could add that to the list. Yeah. You, know, you can say to the client, I'd love to circulate this to the local, are you happy with that? Yeah. Because I want to make sure, The only I'd love you to do that at the beginning of the, um, yeah, the campaign. Is, yeah. but, <laughs> but nonetheless, that's another one, add that to your list. Yeah. Invite other agents, because there might be other agents out there with buyers that would love access to it, but they're too frightened to ask you, or they think you'll say no. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's so many things you can be doing. Even change, Tom, changing the photos. Yeah. Doesn't have to rephotograph, but sometimes on on the, I'm looking at a listing when I'm coaching. I'm saying, Tom, I've looked at there's a, the the fourth photo on the carousel here. I reckon is a much more compelling photo, or this one I've seen for you know it's been the same photo for the last four weeks. Why don't you shift the photo? So kind of you know it's a fresh approach to it. Or, you know, this photo, it's a lounge room, it's a couch, it's some carpet, it's a painting on the wall. That's not going to get me there. You've got to think as the mind of the buyer. So also, I, I want to see the back garden because this is a family-friendly area. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to attract family-friendly people. Show the kids swings and the garden and the grass and the privacy and the hedge. That's what's going to get me to come and look at the property, not the couch and the TV and the, and the painting. Well, all these things don't cost a lot. And the other one, Tom, um, that just came in, I wrote down, social boost. The eyeballs ah, are on. The eyeballs are on Facebook, Instagram, even LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Those are the big three that are really dominating the space of social. For a small cost, you can reach eight, ten, twelve thousand people. I'm talking like twenty or thirty dollars a week. Promote it. Promote it. I had an agent uh, I was coaching just this week, 
um, mentioned to me that they boosted something that had been on the market for a little while and they were struggling to really connect with people. They boosted it. They spent $50 on the campaign, um, the demographic of 18 to 65. So they were quite broad in their search, but they targeted the suburbs where the property was located. They noticed that not only did the traffic increase to McGrath.com, they noticed that people were actually tagging their friends, family members, saying, have you seen this property? Can't believe it. You need to live here. I love this house. I can see Saturday afternoon barbecues in your backyard. This is for you. Right? <laughs> I want you to buy the house so yeah. I can have a barbecue. Pretty much. Yeah. But, that's, but that's, the, that's the openness and the rawness of having something like that. That's a new energy. Because Love not it. everyone on Facebook, Facebook's kind of like the, the passive searcher for property as well. Yeah. Right? Very it's good. like the modern day magazine. Yeah. So we've got to be agile enough but know what can change the energy of a campaign straight away. And some of those things are instantly achievable and don't cost anything. So guys and girls, look at your listings, look at everything right now. And in many ways, we started talking about going into a market, a new market. Maybe you've got to be looking at your relisting, your new, your, your old listings every week. Ask better questions, Tom. Don't, don't make the statement the market's tough. Ask, what can I do to get this property sold today? What activities can I undertake this week to get this property sold? That's, that's you know, ask better questions and you'll get better answers. I love that. Gang, fantastic. We will talk to you all next week. And I know that, Troy, we're only about two podcasts away from a double century, you know, <laughs> two podcasts away. So, And the listeners have said... John McGrath offered lunch at 200. Correct. correct. <laughs> well, there's plenty of places around <laughs> yeah. here. They're not, they're, I didn't actually say, I hope, what, what the expense level had to be. Yeah, there's right. a nice little curry place, curry and lentils across the road there, Tommy. $12.90. I can see it. <laughs> I can see it there. That's it. That's the sponsorship budget for the year. <laughs> Gang, I want to remind everyone that uh, we are running the competition to get the uh, iTunes review. So uh, uh, the, the prize is a coaching session. And we're asking you to go to iTunes, rate it, put the comments on there, five-star ratings. Troy puts the hands up. That's what we'd love. If we don't, if we don't deserve five, give us what you think it's, uh, uh, it deserves. And put the comments on there because the uh, algorithm on podcasts really likes the fact that people have taken the time. And look, I do like knowing that you know there is someone out there listening to it and getting things out of it. So your feedback is something, because trust me, there's no money coming in. Susan, <laughs> Susan scours those comments too. She, she does, looks, she yeah. does. She, she goes right through. She goes through. And look, I, I mean, I just think, I mean, it matters to me. I know it matters to you, John, mm-hmm. and I know it matters to Troy that in some way, even if it's the occasional agent that actually says, hey, I tried this, it worked, and I just want to say thank you. That stuff matters to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, thank you so much, and I'll see you all next uh, next week, see guys. You Bye, see you guys.